So I just want to uh, thank you, gentlemen, for sharing with us your testimony. That's, that is edification. You know, sometimes uh, the gift of prophecy operates to edify, to exhort, to comfort. And sometimes while people are sharing their testimony, the Holy Spirit can use that testimony to edify people, to lift us. And we've been edified tonight, haven't we? Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I want to go right into the Word tonight. We'll receive the tithe and offering at the end of the service. Don't let me forget. Uh, tonight I have an assignment. It is in line with the homework the Lord gave me. And you know what that is, but for those of you who might not be as familiar with it, in October of last year, the Lord specifically spoke to me and said, you are entering a season that will require the walk of faith, another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. So this has been our homework. He gave us five things to zone in on, to really hone our skill in for this walk in the Spirit. He said to know the leading with a certainty. This is not a time for you to have to take three weeks to figure out what God's directing you to do. This is a time to be so certain and so aware of how He leads you that when He speaks to you, He gets an instant response that you don't have to hesitate, you don't have to question, you don't have to fast and pray for three days, but you are aware of His voice, you know His voice, and you know how He leads you. So He said we need to know that leading with a certainty. He also said we need to practice obedience. Practice obedience is more than just don't disobey, but it means to be quick to obey so that we're not having to say, you know, the Lord told me that two years ago. <laughs> the Lord dealt with me that I should do that six months ago, but that we become quick to obey and to act on and be doers of the word. The third thing he said was develop humility and the love walk. They both need to be developed. And wherever you are in your level of humility or your walk of love, you can grow and develop to another level in it. It's one of those areas of our life that we will continually get more skillful the more we apply ourselves to develop in those areas. And so we've been touching on some of those things. The fourth thing that he said was the fruit of the Spirit is vital. Vital signs, vital statistics refer to life, life indicators. And he said the fruit of the Spirit is life to us. It's vital to us. And so cultivating the fruit, we talked a little bit today about cultivating that flow, that fruit, that force of patience in our life. And then the last thing that God said is this, the trust in God, His ways and His word are safeguards. Those were three different things he specified. Trusting in God, trusting in His ways, and trusting His Word. They are safeguards. And so I want to go in that direction tonight. And I want to build our faith about how we're kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. This is an, a, an area that we need to constantly have a refresher course in. Amen. Psalm 121 is going to be my launching point. Psalm 121 and verse 5. 
Hallelujah. The Lord is our keeper. Do you know Him as your keeper? You know, a lot of people know Him as their Savior, but they haven't met Him yet as their healer. Or they know Him as their healer, but they haven't met Him as their way maker. They haven't met Him as the uh, source of their strength. Or they haven't met Him as their leader. Whatever the case may be, we've got to come to know Him in all of the different provisions that He provides, all of the different proverbial hats that God wears. Amen? And one of the most important ways for us to know Him is to know Him as our keeper. Hallelujah. Psalm 121, verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keeps you, he that keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Lord, we ask you tonight that you would reveal yourself to each of us individually so clearly as our keeper. Let us see in your word your desire to keep us in all of our ways and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is thy shade. The word shade means defense or protection. The Lord is your keeper. He is your defense or your protection upon your right hand. We'll go ahead and finish this uh, entire chapter. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all... Can He do that? Yes, He can. Yes, Lord. Oh, mercy. We need to let that word reside in our heart and in our mouth and in our mouth and in our heart. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. When they say it's flu season, what do you say? The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. When they, they say, you know, this is a high crime area, you say the Lord shall preserve me from all evil. They say they're laying off people at your job. You say, the Lord shall preserve me from all evil. Hallelujah. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Hallelujah. He's our keeper. He wants to be... 100% of the time our keeper. He wants to be full-time employed as our keeper. Amen? The Lord is our keeper. Let's look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 3. Galatians 1. Thank you, Lord. Grace be to you, verse 3, and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins 
that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Can he do that? Do you believe he can do that? Do you believe that Jesus gave himself for our sins so that he can deliver us from this present evil world? We can be in this world and not be victim to anything going on in the world. We can be in this world and not have to suffer the things that people without a covenant suffer because He is our keeper. He delivers us from this present evil world according to the will of God, our Father. So it's the will of God that we be kept. It's the will of God that we be delivered. That no evil shall befall you. That no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. That's the heritage of the servants of the Lord under the Old Testament. And we are New Testament sons and daughters of God. How much more will He cause no weapon formed against us to be able to prosper? Well, we need to find out how do I participate with this keeping power of God. Amen? Amen. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're building our case. We're establishing the framework. And you know, to build your faith by the Word of God, the first thing you do when you're building faith is you build a framework. He framed the worlds by His Word. And we're framing up this concept, this understanding that God is my keeper and He's able to deliver me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says, The Lord is faithful. Have we been singing and praising and worshiping about His faithfulness tonight? How we trust in Him. It says, The Lord is faithful who will establish you and keep you from evil. He will establish you and keep you from evil. Hallelujah. Jesus gave himself to deliver us from this present evil world. And God is faithful to keep us from evil. Hallelujah. So when evil comes, we need to raise up the shield of faith. We've got to have the shield of faith in place that says... God will keep me from evil. God will preserve my going out and my coming in. The Lord is my keeper. I know Him as my keeper. The Lord is faithful to keep you from evil. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll look at... Let me see where I want to start. The Lord is my keeper. Let's begin in verse 9. But we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. Who do, Trust in God. Trust in His Word. Trust in His ways. What are they? They're safeguards. We don't trust in ourselves. It's not my ability. It's not my wealth. It's not my personality. It's not my plan. I'm trusting in God who raises the dead, 
who delivers us from so great a death. I'm trusting in God who delivered us. Underline that. Delivered. Underline that in your Bible. Mark it. Highlight it. God who delivered us. Has He ever delivered you? We heard some testimony tonight of how God rescued. Has, you can look back in your life and see times that, that you were just prompted to stop instead of, of going through that light and, and barely missed the car coming through it. You, were, you can look back and see times that, that God told you not to go on that trip and it, it rescued you. Amen? He has delivered us from so great... And look what else it says. He does deliver. Not only has He delivered me in the past, but He is presently on my case right now. He is presently in charge as my keeper to deliver me. He does deliver. He hasn't slowed down. He hasn't went on break. He, is, he does deliver. And then it says, in whom we trust that He will yet deliver. Got my past. I got my testimony of how He's delivered me. I've got a present recognition and faith that God does deliver. And I have full confidence in the days ahead that no matter what's going on, no matter what I may face, I know who will deliver me. I trust that He will yet deliver me. <laughs> I trust that He will yet deliver me. That's the, the, the key is the trust. The key is the trust. Because that trust is the, the uh, activation point. It's the liberty, gives God the liberty to work in this situation. Okay, 1 Peter 1. We're, we're, we're setting our framework up. Come on, if you've ever seen a house that's being built or a, a building that's being built and you go by and all you see is that framework of the house. That's what we're doing. We're gathering the scriptures that provide the framework. 1 Peter 1 and verse 5. Let's begin in 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, you who are kept by the power of God. That's me. I just found myself in the Bible. Did you find, is that, did you find yourself in the scripture tonight? This is you, Patricia King, who is kept by the power of God through faith. How are we kept by the power of God? Through faith. So faith or this confidence, this trusting in God is the entry point through which God keeps us. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And salvation means rescue. It, of course, means our salvation from sin, but it can mean salvation of any kind that you might need at the moment. So we are kept by the power of God through faith. Hallelujah. Unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Hallelujah. So now we see that keeping power, our activation, our connection is our faith, our believing God. 
believing God and trusting in his ability to keep us is a safeguard. We've got to feed on the scriptures that reveal his power to keep us because there's a whole lot going on in the news that is, and, and it's not just political news, the murders, all of the, the dangers, all of the different things that are going on, the violence in this earth, all of those things want to put seeds of doubt in our mind wants to seed us with a questioning, whether it's the commercial that says, do you have this symptom and this symptom and this symptom? It's throwing seeds out there. See what it can get in your heart. Or it's the, the murder mysteries or the, the, the recent uh, murder investigations or whatever. All of that wants to have thoughts that, why, when you're trying to go to sleep and the house is really dark and you hear some wind blowing something up against the house and you think, what in the world is that? Right? And before you would never have thought it. But because that seed had been sown by what came in through the eyes and through the ears and it got into the heart and then you have to take authority over it and you have to cast down imaginations and you have to pull the word of God up into that situation and say, no evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling. I take authority over fear. I will not fear in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When we in advance develop and cultivate this confidence in God's keeping power, the shields are ready. Okay, y'all, when I was growing up, I did watch a lot of Star Trek. And, you know, they would come, they would ask Scotty. Scotty, Scotty always knew where the shields were. You know, we've got to make some evasive maneuvers, Captain Kirk, because the shields are only at 40%. And if they hit us again, if they hit us again, Captain, if they hit us again, you know, they're gonna, we're going to lose them. And so, so we need to build our shields back up. So make some evasive maneuvers. You know, let's see if we can outrun them while the shields are, are recharging. Well, we need to keep our shield of faith, especially where God is our preserver, our keeper, our, our protector is concerned because there are always things trying to hit against that shield and bring them down. So we've got to take the scriptures, these fundamental framework scriptures, and we've got to shore up and strengthen until we are strong in this confidence. Like the Apostle Paul was saying in that scripture we read from 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 10. He said, God did deliver us. He still does deliver us. And I have trust in him. He will yet. That was coming out of the fullness of faith where, he, where the preserving power of God was concerned. He had strengthened himself in God's ability to keep and to preserve. And we spent the last number of years having to fight fear that came in a way people didn't expect it. Fear uh, that 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 wanted to when and and 
fear in one area, it's like uh, it, it spreads. Fear in one area will contaminate. Let's say if you have fear about your physical health, it's going to contaminate your fear about finance, your faith about finances. You're going to get that because that fear will just like spread like like leaven in the, the lump. It spreads all the way through until there's fear uh, at every way you look at things. And so we want to. But you know what else you can do? You can have faith about every way you look at something. You can be so strong in faith that everything you look at, you just see faith. You just have confidence. Amen. That's what we want to do. Hallelujah. So our covenant provides a distinct separation between what is happening in the world and what is happening in the church. Our covenant of salvation provides a separation. Even under the Old Testament, the Lord separated his people supernaturally from the repercussions that the world experienced because of judgment. I'm going to say it again. Even under the Old Testament, is our, is, our, is our covenant a better covenant based on better co promises? Okay, so even under the Old Testament, God provided a separation from what, a supernatural separation from what happened to His people versus what was coming on the world because of judgment. And we're living in a time that there is judgment taking place around us, but it's not supposed to affect us. God is able to make a separation in our lives just like He made a separation for the children of Israel under the Old Covenant. He makes a separation so that our lives contain or, may, or retain the blessing. The blessing continues its operation in our lives while there may be judgment going on around us. Hallelujah. Let's look at some examples. Let's see God's track record. Exodus 8. Exodus chapter 8. Is God able to supernaturally preserve us? We need to expect it. If we're not believing for it, there's no entry point for His power to work. The power of God, we are kept by the power of God through faith. Exodus 8, verse 20. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he comes forth to the water and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon you and your servants and upon your people and into your houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms. Ooh-wee. And also the ground whereon they are. And I will sever. Ooh, mercy. Sever, I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end that they may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. 
and I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. Hallelujah. And we have a better covenant. He's able to preserve us. If God is able to keep the houses of His people from the swarms of flies so that they knew, those flies knew there's a line we can't cross. There is a protection, a keeping power working over there in Goshen and we can't cross the line to enter in to, to get over into those houses. There's a keeping line over your house too. There's a keeping line over your car too. There's a keeping line over your children too. Amen? We need to believe it. We need to believe it. If we believe it, we'll start saying it. And if we say it, then we're charging the atmosphere with our faith in, in God's ability to keep us. Exodus 9.1 Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and will hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the donkeys, upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep. There shall be a very grievous moraine, and the Lord shall sever. Say that out loud. The Lord shall sever. Say it again. The Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. Who did that? God did that. God did that for a people under a lesser covenant. We are His own children. We are His own blood-bought saints. His own blood-bought, born-again children. And He desires to do more for us. He desires to show Himself mighty on our behalf. He desires to demonstrate His keeping power in our life and to be supernaturally responsible for protecting us. The Lord shall sever and there shall nothing die. Say that with me. There shall nothing die of all that is the children's of Israel's. And the Lord appointed a set time saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow. And all the cattle of Egypt died, but of the cattle of the people of God, the children of Israel, the faith builders, of the cattle of the faith builders died not, not one, not one. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. Can God do that for us? Can He protect us? Can He keep us? Exodus 9:22, same chapter, verse 22. The Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth your hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in the land of Egypt, 
upon man and upon beast, upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail. The fire ran along upon the ground. The Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and broke every tree in the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were. Only in the house of the faith builders where the people of God who call upon His name, who trust in Him, who know the Lord is my keeper in their house, there was no damage. There was no hail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to believe in it. Exodus 10, 21. Our Father did this. Our Father did this. Exodus 10, 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. Can you see it? Can you see them? Not even moving around the house. I mean, it gets dark, but we can still, our eyes get adjusted to the light. Their eyes had no way to adjust to see anything. Because of the darkness. This was supernatural judgment that was coming upon a people who worshiped the sun. But not in the house of the people of God. But all the children of Israel, all the people of God, all the faith builders had light in their dwellings. Hallelujah. Why? Because God made a distinction. Because God severed. He made a dividing line. He made a difference. He made a difference between what's happening in our life and what's happening in the lives of people who don't have Him. And the great thing is they can see what He's doing in our life and they can call on Him and they can have the same goodness in their life. They can have the same protection in their life. They can have the same separation in their life. If they just trust in Him, if they just call on Him, if they'll just confide in Him and, and put their trust in Him, they can experience the same thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see... Let's look at chapter 11. Chapter 11. And I want you to read verse 7. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that you may know that the Lord 
does put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. The Amplified Bible says a distinction. The Young's Living Translation says a separation. God puts a separation between what happens. He makes a distinction between what happens in our lives, those who trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 5. We're covering a lot of ground. We've got a lot of scriptures because we've got a framework to build here. Psalm chapter 5. And we'll read verse 11 and 12. Thank you, Lord. But let all those that put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also love, let those that love your name be joyful in you. For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will you compass him as with a shield. Again, we see this key. Let all those that put their trust in you. Those people have a reason to rejoice. Those people have a reason to shout for joy. Always shouting for joy. Why? I'm trusting in Him. I put my trust in Him. He is my keeper. He will preserve me. And, by, and, and my result is that I'm rejoicing, I'm shouting for joy because He is defending me. He is covering me. He is protecting me. We're kept by the power of God through faith. Through faith. We've got to recognize His supernatural keeping power. We've got to be able to see it with the eyes of faith. We've got to have it already stored up in our heart, these scriptures, these foundational truths that God is my preserver. God is preserving and keeping and making a distinction in my life so that we act upon those truths, so that we act in line with those truths. And instead of speaking words of fear or yielding to thoughts of fear or, or agreeing with responses of fear, we will respond differently. I want to show you an example, 2 Kings chapter 6. We need to respond differently. We, we don't respond in the way that people without a, pre- a preserver, a protector, a keeper would respond. When you know He is your keeper and he does not slumber, he does not sleep, then when that is a, it, it is like a, a recognition that you're always aware of his keeping. You're always consistently aware of his presence and his keeping power in your life. There, what can make you afraid? When you have this built, this strength built, this confidence built that he's your keeper. Second Kings... Chapter 6, verse 14, they're surrounded 
the Syrians have surrounded Elisha and his servant. It says in verse 14, Therefore sent he their horses, the king coming out against him, he sent horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And, and look at how his servant responds. His servant, his servant said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? How shall we respond? What are we going to do? He sees they're surrounded. He sees horses. He sees chariots. He sees soldiers. He sees they are surrounded. And all we have is the preacher and his staff, right? And preacher with his stick, you know, right? And what are we going to do? Alas, my master, how shall we do? But do you notice that Elisha didn't respond that way? He didn't respond that way. He wasn't saying, I don't know what we're going to do. Do y'all remember when Brother Hagin would tell the story? He said that he was pastoring the church, which was during the time before he went out on on full-time ministry, and he, he hadn't been there very long, maybe about a year or so, and they were having a board meeting. And the board was rehearsing all of the problems. They were having some difficulties, financial difficulties, having some different things going on. And they were going around the board. And they were all saying, oh, oh, we've got this. And oh, we've got that. And that's my best Jerry Clower impression, y'all. Oh, we've got this problem and we've got that problem and we've got this going on. And, and uh, then they come around and they all looked at Brother Hagin. And by this time, you know, they are, they've worked themselves up into fear and worry and despair. And they look at Brother Hagin and they say, what are we going to do? And Brother Hagin said, brothers, we're going to act like the word's true. Their whole demeanor changed. I could have had a V8. I never thought of that. What an idea. The board of the church. What an idea. Act like the word is true. And he said, that's what we did. He said, we're going to act like the word is true. And, and it dismissed all of that fear. It dismissed all of that despair and that worry. He said, we're going to act like the word is true. And he, he began to say, God is the one who is our provider. And you know what? It all turned around. Like in a matter of weeks, it all turned around when they started acting like the word was true. Well, here the servant is says, what are we going to do? And he answered, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Ooh. Now see, there, there's a reason Elisha was acting the way he was acting. He was able to see it without his natural eyes seeing. His natural eyes didn't need to see what he knew in his heart. 
what he trusted in his heart. And when you have the faith built in your heart, it doesn't matter what your natural eyes are picking up and seeing and the information coming to your natural eyes because you've got inside information. You've got inside information. The Sunday school superintendent of Brother Hagen's had fallen into the oil rig and the doctor was on the scene and the doctor was about to pronounce him dead. He said, he's just barely hanging on. I don't know how he's hanging on, but we're going to go ahead and take him and transport him to the hospital. But I want you to prepare his wife. And his wife walked up and, and, and Brother Hagen turned around to talk to her as the, the, the doctor is getting in the back of the station wagon that's hauling this man to the hospital. And he, uh, this is before they had a lot of ambulances. It was in the early 50s. It was, uh, or, or um, late 50s. There are not a lot of ambulances and, and medical treatment. And so the doctor is really just, just barely helping him hang on. Not really anything they could do. And so he, Brother Hagen, he said, I turned around and I looked at his wife and she looked at me and she said, she had seen the look on the doctor's face. She had, she had seen the doctor whispering something to Brother Hagen. He was telling Brother Hagen, I need you to prepare his wife that he's not going to make it. And so she knew what he had been instructed just by picking up on those signals. And she looked at Brother Hagen and she said, it's a good thing we have inside information. Inside the book information right here. We've got some inside information. Hallelujah. And God raised that superintendent up. That's the, he, Brother Hagen was staying at night. His wife was staying during the day at the hospital. And he said he had been praying for him at night. And he said, it seemed like as I prayed, if I, if I slipped off and got sleepy and, and kind of quieted down, that things would get worse. And so he said, I, I got up and I started, he said, I went out in the hallway to walk a little bit and to pray. And he said, I found myself saying something that I'd never said before. I found myself praying something I'd never prayed before. And when he prayed this, he didn't teach about it for almost a decade. It was like 10 to 12 years before he even got to a place in his spiritual understanding of what he had done. But he's out walking in the hallway and the man keeps slipping off and they think he's about to die. And Brother Hagin's out walking in the hallway and all of a sudden he says to God, Lord, that's the best Sunday school superintendent I've ever had. He's the only one who ever really did the job. The other people, they just had the position, but they never really helped me in the church. He said he's, well, he is a businessman and he is one of the faithful tithers in the church. He said, Lord, I need him. And if I need him, you need him. You can't let him die. And so he came back in. Sat there for a little while, got a little bit sleepy. You know, he'd been up there about three nights. He said, I got a little bit sleepy and, 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 and I noticed the nurse over there checking him because the nurse thought he was gone. And, and she said, no, he's still hanging on. He said, I got back up. I walked back out into the hallway and I said it again. Lord, I need him. And if I need him, you need him. I'm not going to let him die. And that happened about three times. And the man that morning 
uh, when the sun came up, the doctors came in and that with shock, they realized that he had pulled through to a place that they could go in and do some operations and, and, uh, and, and, and fix some of the organs that had been damaged in the fall. And he said a couple of months later, his Sunday school superintendent is standing back in the church and he said, I had never told anybody how I prayed. He said, it shocked me when I said it that I could be so bold to say, Lord, I need him. And if I need him, you need him. I'm not going to let him die. And he said, it, it shocked me. I, I, I had to, to you know, study about that. What had I done? He said, I hadn't told anybody. He said, but I stood there listening. I sat in my seat while this superintendent is telling his testimony about how God pulled him through. And he said, in his testimony, he said, I went to heaven and I was standing in heaven and I was so excited to be in heaven and I'm standing there and Jesus comes and says, you're going to have to go back. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go back. He said, you're going to have to go back. But Lord, I don't want to go back. And he said, the Lord, this is the Sunday school superintendent's testimony. The Lord pulled back a curtain and said, Brother Hagen won't let you come. Even with hearing his Sunday school superintendent's testimony, he did not even talk about the way he had prayed for another 10 or 12 years until he came to a place of understanding about the authority that God has given us on this earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Inside information. We need to reserve and store up and stock our shelves with the inside information. We need to know Him as our keeper. We need to know Him as our way maker, our preserver. We need to know Him in His supernatural ability to protect us. He said, Lord, open His eyes that He may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What it looked like on the outside wasn't nearly what was the truth about the matter. And that happens too often in the lives of believers that we'll take it at face value, that we'll look at the situation and we'll just uh, uh, accept what we see instead of taking that inside information, investigating that inside information and realizing there is more that are with us. Now this man's attitude changed. His attitude changed. He's no longer looking around and saying, what are we going to do? Why? Because there, there, are, uh, there are a numerous amount of chariots of fire that outnumber the enemy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We just need to be like Elisha and walk in that inside information. Not having to make God have to take that extra step of opening our eyes, but we'll just open our faith eyes. I'll just look with the eyes of faith, and with the eyes of faith, I can see that there's more that be with us than those that are against us. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and let's... let's finalize tonight's teaching with Daniel chapter 3 because we're kept by the power of God kept 
by the power of God through faith. Through faith. Daniel chapter 3. It's a familiar story, but I don't want you to look at it as a Sunday school story. I want you to look at it as an example of how your father can keep you. This is what our father did. Daniel chapter 3, let's begin in verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, then it'll be well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Who is that God? Ooh, is he bold? Is he like sassy? Is he doing a pushback on God? Who is that God? Who is that God who can deliver you out of my hands? You're about to find out. You are about to see our God and His ability to keep His people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so that if you throw us in, our God whom we serve, our God is able. Say that. Our God is able. Our God is able to deliver us. They didn't have to think about it. They didn't hem haul around about it. They didn't talk out of the side of their mouth about it. They said, listen, we're not careful to answer you about this. We're going to be bold. We're going to be in your face. Our God is able to deliver us. Faith talks. That, that, that wasn't just mere words. There was power in them, their words. There was power in them, their words. There's gold in them, their heels. There's power in them, their words. They weren't just talking. They believed what they said. That was their faith talking. That was their faith out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you find yourself under pressure and you say some things you ought, you wish you wouldn't have said, I'm not talking about cussing, of course we don't want to cuss. But if you find yourself under pressure and you start talking poor mouth and you start talking fear or doubt and I don't know, I just don't know, I don't understand why this is always happening to me. Why does it seem like I take two steps forward and three steps back? If you, that's what's in the heart. That's what's in the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, don't get under condemnation. Just repent and go fill your heart with something different. It's an indicator. 
Use that indicator for your good. When you find yourself under pressure, you know, you know, if you take a sponge and you squeeze that sponge, whatever's in the sponge is going to come out. And when, what, when, when you're under pressure and that situation is squeezing you, whatever's in you is going to come out. And if you've been feeding on fear, if you've been allowing those seeds of fear to be, if you've been, if you've been feeding on controversy, if you've been feeding on turmoil, if you've been feeding on, on uh, criticism, whatever the case may be, none of those things are going to help you when the pressure's on. So guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard the heart. We've got to guard the heart. And the way for us to maintain the right things in, the, in our heart is for us to recognize when we start talking doubt. Or if, if we say something and there's really no ring of faith to it. Because you can even make, you can even be in the word of faith long enough. You can be even in a good church long enough that you know the right thing to say. But when it comes out of your mouth, it just like that feather. It just floats all the way back down to the ground. It's not going out and moving any mountain. It's not going out and changing anything. It's just, it's just empty words because it's faith-filled words that move mountains. If you believe in your heart, you'll say. If you believe in your... So there has to be that faith that God's your keeper in your heart before the pressure comes on you. The reason that these men were able to say... Our God is able to deliver us. The reason Paul was able to say God did deliver, He still does deliver, and He will yet deliver us. The reason they were able to say it is because they were strong in faith. God is my keeper. God is my preserver. God is the one who is protecting my life. And He will supernaturally preserve me from difficulties and from things that would cause damage to my family. Hallelujah. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning furnace and He will deliver us out of your hand. Is that what He asked? Who is this God who can deliver you out of my hand? Our God. He's the one who will deliver us. Hallelujah. And, and what they get? They, get, they got what they said. Amen. The keeping power was activated by faith. We are kept by the power of God through faith. If we're believing it, we'll be speaking it. Because we are of the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. If we believe He's our keeper, we'll talk it. We'll worship Him as our keeper. We'll, we'll respond with faith to situations that make other people shake in their boots. No, I'm not going to be moved by that. Our God's able to keep us. And I'll tell you this. Your mouth, your tongue, your words, they're like a rudder of a ship. You can be in a, in a strategic situation and say the wrong thing and turn your ship in the wrong direction. You can be in that strategic situation and you can say the right thing and it, 
it moves you over right on the right path to deliverance. And so here's the Apostle Paul, and he's out there in the middle of a storm that had been going on for days. The people on the boat with him are so distraught, they have thrown out everything, including all of the sails and all of the rigging of the ship. They've thrown out the food. They've thrown everything off the, the, of the ship, and they are ready to die. They are so despairing that they're going to die. And here's the Apostle Paul, who by the word of the Lord already told them not to set sail because of that storm. He knew it by the wisdom, the word of wisdom that God revealed to him that it was not safe, and yet they rode out anyway, out into that storm, and Paul, even though they were there because of their own making, Paul prayed for them, and he said, Tonight the angel of God, God whom who I serve and who I belong to, the angel stood by me this night and he told me that nobody is going to lose their life. Not you, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you. None of the people aboard this ship are going to lose. The ship is going to fall apart. It's going to break into pieces, but that's not going to move us and that's not going to change our expectation. God is able able to keep us through every one, every one of us, every one of us. God is able to keep everybody on the ship despite the storm and despite the fact that the boat is going to fall apart and break into pieces. We're all going to live. I believe God. I believe God. Hallelujah. It wasn't their faith that got them to the shore. It wasn't the faith of any of those other people that got them through the night and the day in the deep. Hanging on to the pieces of the ship, it wasn't their faith. It was Paul's faith, I believe God. Because we're kept through the power of God through faith. Kept by the power through faith. What you believe matters. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. I believe God. I believe God. I believe that 2023 is a year of turning. I believe that 2023 is a year of maximum results. I believe that he makes us fruitful for every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe God. Let's honor the Lord in our tithe and our offering tonight. Are you glad you combed your hair and came to church tonight? Did you get something to help you? Stand? A framework? I passed out the Lincoln logs. Y'all can all go home and construct your home. Constru put your framework together in your house. Hallelujah. As we prepare to honor the Lord, if you'd like to participate, we have offering envelopes available in the pocket of the chair in front of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is so good.
Text to give information is on the screen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come. I had my announcements written somewhere. Thank you, Lord. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. So good. Expectation is like a wire that conducts energy. To bring the light into this room, we have wiring that goes from the source of the electricity to the different outlets and to the different light fixtures. And that wiring conducts the power into those different specific areas to provide light, to provide electricity. Without the wiring, that electricity was always available. But until people learned how to conduct it to a specific place, how to cause that power to move specifically to that outlet to provide the electricity for that instrument or that electricity for the light fixture. Without that wiring, that, that power has no safe way to flow into that, that situation. And our expectation and our faith in God is like the wiring that connects to the supernatural ability of God and conducts it to the area we're believing Him in. That flow of power, God's always willing and He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all according to the wiring that works in us, you could say. Are you wired for the power of God? Well, as children of God, we're believers and our hearts are, are designed to conduct the power, but if we've put into our hearts the wrong ingredients, if we put doubt or fear into our hearts, it, it shorts out the wires and the power doesn't flow the way it's supposed to flow. But if we'll guard our heart, if we'll turn those things off, if we'll, if we'll be more diligent and uh, finicky, be finicky with what you eat spiritually. Because we want the power to flow. We want the power to flow to the areas of our life. And so we've got to wire the house. 
We've got to wire the house with faith, with the right expectation, an expectation of good. I'm not looking for the fall. I'm not looking for destruction. I'm not looking for trouble. I'm expecting to see the glory of God in the land of the living. I'm expecting to see the hand of God move in my family. I'm expecting to see the blessing waxing great. I, I just see, I see our lives. God's just dipping us in the wax, pulling us up, waxing us, waxing great. That's the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because your expectation will conduct the power to that situation. So let's have an expectation of good. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet if you're ready to give tonight. Come rejoicing. Give God glory. He's so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for your abundance. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we lift up the offerings of your people. We worship you, Lord, as our provider, as our keeper, as our strengthener, as our Father. We're so grateful for the blessing. We're grateful for how you keep us and lead us into your plan and your purpose. And Lord, I just pronounce your blessing upon your people that as they put their hands to it, the blessing goes to work to increase and multiply in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, gentlemen. I do want to remind you that coming up in February, February the 11th, is our first Living Proverbs 31 Ladies Bible Study. Saturday, February the 11th at 10 a.m. The following day on that Sunday evening at 6 o'clock on February the 12th, we have Pastor Caldwell with us, hallelujah, and Sister Jeannie Caldwell they will be ministering to us on that night. And then also, I want to let you know, coming up in March, the 10th, 11th, and 12th, we have uh, the Eberleys, who are from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They are ministers who served over, I want to say, almost 10 years in Rama uh, Healing School. Uh, they flow in the power of God for healing and for faith. And so I know this is going to be a... a an, an important conference that the Lord specifically told us to have them and to have them for these three nights. So please mark your calendar and prepare to bring somebody on those nights. It's going to be really, really good. You'll love the Everleys. And so that's on March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Praise God. I'm going to have Pastor Jim come and close us out tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're growing. Yes. We, we were helped tonight. Praise God. Well, I just want to remind you, uh, before we dismiss, we have Healing School on Tuesdays at 1030 right here at Faith Builders. And also, uh, if you can maybe make it on Wednesday, we have the Word at 7, and uh, it's a powerful time.
And we just, you know, we give all these opportunities for us to come together so that we can build our faith. Uh, you know, it's, I said it before, the world's crazy, right? But we come here to get our ammo so we can go out in the world and succeed. So we have plenty of opportunities to come together, and uh, we're blessed every time that we come together. Amen. So if you want to stand to your feet tonight. Praise the Lord. We're going to say our vision. Say it with me. The vision of this church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And you and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you.